Kaboom, Kaboom is once again inside of the whole shack. I, I don't understand. Alright, and here we are. Episode 16 of my show with Alex and Jake. And once again, we've got three people in the booth today because we've got a very interesting interview. We'll get to that in a moment. But Alex, if these people want to further engage with us here on the internet, how should they do that? Well, I mean, I would say the first thing they should do is hit us up on the Facebook. Just shoot Red Arrow Productions. That's our page. Go to that. Check us out. Like it. Subscribe. Share. All of that. Uh, then you can hit us up on the Instagram at Red Arrow Productions. It's right there. It's super easy. And then Twitter, Red Arrow P. Like, just, just check us out everywhere all the time. And added last week, ready for this week. Our Patreon, which I'm pretty sure is, is Red Arrow Productions, right? It is. Patreon.com okay. slash Red I mean, I know we already got our first one. Shout we already out Chase got, Maxwell. Shout out Chase Maxwell. We already got a full $5 payment for, the, for, for a topic of next week. I assume. Are we waiting two weeks? We're doing it next week. We're doing it next week. We're coming next on live week. next week. Next week, we got our first paid-for topic. It's going to be epic. I, we don't um, know what it is because he hasn't told me. Maybe you can talk to him and figure it out. He's trying to no. He's trying to keep it super secret. I think he's trying to go like last minute with that, and try oh. to hit us, keep us on our toes. So I, like, I'm excited. That's gonna be a good show. That I mean, they're all gonna be good shows, but that one especially. But uh, so, so yeah. Before before we get to business, I I do want to. Uh, I, I have a couple things I need to to get to. Um, as as many of you know, um, who know me, know that I I love things that happen in the squared circle. Be it you know boxing or wrestling, what have you. Um, and in this past week, we lost uh, a couple people who are very special uh, in both of those worlds, the first of which being Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, he was a giant in the industry, one of the, the greatest color commentators in, in wrestling history. Um, and and you know, he, he paved the way for, for a lot of people. Um, also, we lost Jake LaMotta, this week from uh, famously a raging bull and uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't uh, recognize both of these these guys who are who are moved on they were I mean Jake Lamotta's 95 years old as a boxer that's you know that's pretty good but uh, but yeah so so that's that's that and uh, since that's that we're gonna introduce Nicole Hams welcome to the show thank you absolutely thanks for coming <laughs> So uh, before before we get to it, I gotta hit you right off the bat with a hard hitting, in depth, impactful question here. It's not be... the sideshow Bob question. No, no, not the sideshow <laughs> okay. Bob question. No, I, I was just... prepared. Yeah, you were ready for that one. <laughs> yeah, I was. I'm just like I don't have daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that that is my first question. Do you have daddy issues? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, who is your favorite member of the Wu Tang Clan? Both? I know there's two dudes, right? There's like a 900 dudes in the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> I, I think Jake and I are both honorary members of the Wu-Tang Clan at this point. Well, I mean, he's well, the intellectual. Then it would be you, Jake. Oh, oh, how, how nice. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, calm, calm down, intellectual wanderer. It's okay. <laughs> All right, I see how it is. That's, I mean, his, that's the cool. Wu-Tang name. Uh... <laughs> 
anyway, uh, but yeah, you know, it's very, very, uh, very cool to have you on. Uh, something, uh, if you want to, if you just want to say right off the bat, something that happened uh, today, uh, very special. Uh, if you want to share with with the folks at home, uh, what what is it that you learned today that you're you're very excited about? I'm very excited that I will be defending my thesis on November thirtieth. November 30th. So that, I mean, for those of you who aren't aware, that means you would have some letters after your name and become Dr. Nicole Hans. Yes, but even more importantly, what that means is I'll be giving a public talk at that time, and so I'll get to share my, my work with everyone. So That's excellent. So yeah, that's, a, that's an open invitation. I, once I get the, uh, the room nailed down, I'll be announcing that on Facebook as well. Excellent. Well, I mean, I will, I will almost certainly be there. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's if I have a little bit of notice, I can make it happen. Um, so, all right. Wait, real quick, real quick, I gotta cut in just for a second. Uh, before we get into the the real of this interview, the hard hitting, the the important stuff, I just so you're not a doctor yet, because no. we might have to cancel this whole thing if you're not a doctor <laughs> yet. I'm not a doctor yet either. Like, I mean, come on. But Come to be, on! To be fair, she's like no. Three we can definitely away. postpone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to push this back. This is gonna be episode thirty. Yeah, it's <laughs> gonna be a short episode tonight, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, first of all, uh, uh, you know, you, you had an article that, that came out about you uh, that, that was published by by Oregon State. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll link that um, here on the website and, and whatnot. But um, answers a lot of questions uh, about the, the generality of what you do, but what I want to know is, first of all, what made you want to get into this? Like, biochemistry is not something that people just wake up one day and say, you know what sounds interesting? Biochemistry. Well, I guess maybe as a step down, my initial uh, plan was to be, uh, what was it, a navigational specialist on, uh, on rockets. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wanted to be an astronaut, and then I was just like, no, I want to be a neurosurgeon instead. And then after that, my heart was pretty set on pre-med. And then when I actually got into college, I started doing research. Well, no, I actually started kind of my research at the end of high school. But when I got to college, I got into a lab. I went to community college. And when I started doing research, I really, really loved it. But when you're pre-med, unfortunately, there's a lot of other things that you have to do. You have to show that you can divide yourself in 20 different uh, compartments and still manage to be a sane person, um, <laughs> which so, is which is why you know a lot of uh, doctors are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Well, I mean, but med school is super demanding, so I understand, I guess, in a way, how they try to weed out applicants. Mm -hmm. But no, it definitely got to me, like with all that, all the volunteer work, trying to balance classes, and I realized that the only thing I really cared about was research. Mm -hmm. That was that was a fun thing that I did, and I I listened to my mother. She's like, well, if you like it so much, then you should do it. Why don't you marry? And you? that's how I found about grad school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, so uh, at this point, I mean, I was I was looking into it, and I can see a little bit of that uh, that medical background and what you do. Uh, the the article that you had that you had published. Um, it talk, it's about the uh, a protein that that works with deafness and in, in humans that kind of give give the layman's view of that if that's possible if you would. Um, so basically, no. It's and that that's a very relevant question. Um, science communication is something that's really lacking in our society, and it's it really shows. Um, but basically, this protein 
Um, it works at the very bottom of our hair cells. So we have specialized cells in our ears that take the, um, the sound waves and convert them to a chemical message that our brain understands. Mm -hmm. And that's basically how we perceive sound. Now, when you go from converting this from a one chemical message in one cell to a chemical message in another cell, then you have to have some type of way those cells communicate. Um, you know them more commonly as neurotransmitters. Do you? Yeah, I'm familiar with neuro. I mean, I have some. <laughs> yeah, no, hopefully you have a few if you didn't. A couple. Probably. I've got a couple left. <laughs> Limit reserves. <laughs> Exactly, you know, it's it's like the theory from Cheers, you know, I, I've just, you know, every every beer, it weeds out the slow, the slower neurotransmitters. It, exactly. You, by the time you go to reproduce, only the, the strong will have survived. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but, so that, that's very cool, and, and this is um, this is something that, that you discovered, or, or that you had, that had been discovered, and you kind of uh, moved forward on, like found new, new so, stuff. So, otolferlin, um, its function has been known for quite a few years. Um, and by years, oh God, my PI is gonna kill me for not knowing this. But probably <laughs> the the late or sorry, early two thousands, um, otolferlin was really identified as a protein that when it's mutated or truncated, it causes non syndromic deafness. And what that means is the only symptom you have is that you're deaf. And despite the fact that your um, hair cells receive auditory input, there is no input, um, there's no output seen in your brainstem. So your shows a disconnect between the neurons that receive the cells and those inner hair cells. So basically the neurotransmitters are not getting from the inner hair cell to the neuron. And that's where otoferlin comes in because otoferlin is what's responsible for essentially fusing the neurotransmitters, or sorry, fusing vesicles to the membrane that releases neurotransmitters. Alex? So, yeah. So not being, I mean, not being a doctor like you, um, yeah. how, how, you're telling <laughs> me, you're telling me, yeah, you're, I mean, them. we know that you're way closer than me, but as of right now, there are zero doctors in this conversation. That being Absolutely. I agree. We're all <laughs> you're telling me though, here. you're telling me that I can hear through my hair? No, inner hair cells. So it's interesting. So these cells got their name because... The sound waves vibrate against them, and so whenever they move, um, it produces a chemical message. And these hair cells are located deep inside your cochlea. Oh. Oh, so every single time I drink a Coca-Cola, I hear better. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. That was a joke. I would. No, I would, you know what? what? In my Nobel Prize speech, I will mention you. Lay <laughs> <laughs> it down. Yeah. No, I, it's fine. Roast me in front of. The eight who were there. Um, I just want to not just, including us, or I just didn't know how big of an audience I have. There'll probably be six other people, like Jake, me, and six others. No, I'm okay. Cool. Cool. Not I'm including just, me then. So I when just, you say, I just these numbers really matter. Like the the, the <laughs> air is important to me. <laughs> I, again, I'm just, I'm I'm clowning a little bit. I'm trying to keep it light because we're talking about some real like this is scientific stuff, and I don't want. To get like I'm gonna get lost in this conversation nine times out of eight examples you give. Like I I have no idea what you're talking about most those of the time. Those are those are impressive odds. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I'm not like like mad respect for everything you've done, but when you say like hair cells, is that is is this like a like a different 
like literally I think of like the, the, the brown hair on my head. Is this like a different spelling? Do they mean something different? Because you, you, you made it sound like it has nothing to do with the fact that I have nice, luscious, thick locks of hair. And that has nothing to do with my hearing. So again, I'm, I'm not trying to cut it down. I'm just curious, like what, what no, do you mean that, hair cells? No, that's a very important question. And there, there are many types of cells in our body. I mean, for example, you know, most people commonly know neurons. Right. Right. People have heard of um, myo, probably myocytes, which are cells that eventually form into smooth muscle. Okay. Um, you can think of where are cells, car, car, cardiac cells, myocardiocytes, leukocytes, Okay. Erythrocytes, red blood cells. So another type of cell in the inner ear, in the sensory organs, is a hair cell. It's basically just um, spherical, I guess, in a way, like a cell, or maybe more egg-shaped. But either way, this this structure has hairs protruding out of it. Probably, cilia. I don't know. I think that. Yes, cilia. Cilia, okay. exactly. Okay. I see. I see you've taken a look. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, that's what they're called. They're called stereocilia, and there's uh, probably only a few per cell. But either way, um, unlike the hair that grows out of our head, um, when these these hair cells are, when they're um, bumped up against, they release a chemical message that um, perpetuates down the cell itself. Got it. Oh, gotcha. And okay. these hair cells are connected directly to neurons. See, that makes way more sense, because I was like, I got a lot of hair. I can hear perfect. I got perfect yeah, hearing. Yeah, that. I got perfect hearing. Hell yeah. Perfect hair forever. Perfect hair. between bald dudes and deafness, we have not yet discovered. Hey, hey if you could figure that out, we're going to have a real conversation. Yes. Um, yes. I'd, I'd, like to I'd like to transition a bit, if I may. Uh, I mean, the things that you do, I mean, outside of, uh, you know, for the scientific world, but outside of science, uh, for for those you don't uh, don't know, uh, Nicole is uh, is a, a black woman. She she's a minority in the scientific field, um, and as such, she's you know had a lot of uh, opportunities. Uh, among which being the uh, Western Regional Representative to the National Black Graduate Student Association. Uh, she's done work with the NAACP, uh, SACNAS, with the Society for Advancement of Chicanos, Hispanics, and Native Americans in Science at all uh basically she does it all um kind of like how did that start and how did it how did it proliferate I, I would say um so it started with me actually talking to one of the professors in the department who um is in charge of the graduate students in general um in terms of our um <clears throat> progress in the department um but i told him that you know i would be interested in increasing diversity in the department <laughs> because I was the only black person there. <laughs> um, and he t told he mentioned something about a SACNAS conference, and I had no idea what that was. Mm -hmm. And when I looked it up, it still didn't make sense. But I was like, okay, how, who do I contact about this? I was super iffy about it. And then I actually met the president at the, at the time, Madison. And holy cow, this girl, I thought I did a lot. She... <laughs> She made me look slow, but um, she um, she introduced me to this organization, and it, I found it to be more than just a increased an organization that helps increase diversity. It's professional development. It's learning how to network, talk to people, make contacts, get something from those contacts, you know. Um, and then I also at the kind of at the same time 
I was talking to another professor um, in sociology, Dr. Dwayne Plaza, and he was like, you know, I never see you around the Black Cultural Center. And I'm just like, yeah, I see it, but... I didn't know that OSU had a Black Cultural Center. There are seven cultural centers on OSU campus, and so that's that's what irritates me. Is that not not that not your question? But people don't people don't know about these resources, right? Especially minority students who are at these colleges and not and feeling a not 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 being able to feel a sense of belonging. These cultural centers made all the difference. I mean, if it wasn't for the Black Cultural Center or the Native American Longhouse at OSU, I wouldn't know Sackness or the BGSA. You know. But yeah, no, but there are seven cultural centers on campus. There's the Asian Pacific, um, Native American Longhouse, Black Cultural Center, um, the Women's, you have the Women's Center, um, the LBGTQ. I know I'm missing other letters, my apologies. Well, they, I mean, they, they <laughs> add more, it seems. Uh, you know. Yeah, but basically we know, we know, I I know, I mean, they know, they know who they're talking to. They know who, <laughs> they know who you, you know who is. <laughs> we know. <laughs> But, um, but 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 my point is is that they they do they these resources are available and um, they're used by the students who know they're there. But unfortunately, those are the ones we've reached. We need to be able to get to those who feel like they don't belong, which is common, unfortunately, in this state. <laughs> well, I, yeah, especially I mean, especially the state of Oregon. I mean, as yeah. as much as as we would would love to to say it's always a great and diverse place it's frankly not um and corvallis no, is kind of the uh the the white a bubble <laughs> jake, yeah. yeah jake how dare you say this place isn't diverse we have both hipsters and baristas <laughs> centrally located in and outside of portland okay both of those groups are heavily heavily like monitored and presented to the hipsters and baristas okay <laughs> Hipsters now, and baristas. Yeah, if you had if you had a black hipster barista in Portland, that's like finding a unicorn. Stop. That's that's shut like that's not like finding a unicorn. Yeah, <laughs> shut it, it down. Exist. I don't believe you. Hey, <laughs> no, no. Let me let me guess. He had a beard and an ironic afro. Yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I mean you. It, going through the the article that they did in Impact, it, it was uh, you talked about finding your voice, um, and, and part of that being being through the STEM program. What, what I, I've you know like like I've said, I you know I'm not not that college educated, and so I'm not familiar with STEM. What is STEM, and, and kind of what why was it so important to your your development as as a in college and becoming a doctor? Um, so STEM actually stands for Science, Technology engineering and mathematics oh all right well, there you go so it's basically just your your life science fields and physical physical uh science physical sciences um but so i've always been i've always been obviously a stem major um but my some of my first um outreach activities included um talking to children I shouldn't say children. I consider undergraduate children. Like, oh, you're a freshman in college? Oh, look at look at They are like 18, which is, I mean. Yeah, yeah, they're babies. But I got, they, I got the opportunity to speak to them about what grad school is like. Because at the time, I was, you know, getting ready to take my preliminary exams, which are a set of exams that pretty much make or, make or break you. They decide whether you get to continue on and get your PhD or they kick you out with the master's, like, 
that's the that, that's I mean that seems like a really good like... problem to have. <laughs> it seems like a what? I say it seems like a good problem to have. Like, oh no, you can't stick around here. You just have to have your master's degree. <laughs> no, if you spend three years working on something expecting to see a PhD and they give you a master's, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's that's, that's fair. <laughs> it's kind of you're kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> like, no, Which, I didn't... again, I. I don't think it comes to any surprise to grad students what the outcome is because generally they've had a talk with their professor and it's just like, you know, it's not working out, it's working out. So, right. but no, either, either way, um, <clears throat> I got to talk to these kids about, you know, what it was like being a grad student and rather, cause they were trying to choose like, you know, what do I want to do? And so the panel, the grad, the panel was, um, called like, uh, what was it? Is grad school right for me or, something something like that but basically had a diverse field of perspectives to kind of explain to you what what academia truly is like um different was, perspectives was, was that the panel that you did up here in seattle and then i forgot to plug in the crock pot <laughs> that was something similar but yeah i mean that's that's pretty much what i do i'm doing another one actually at u-dub here in probably a couple weeks oh i think well i mean you should yeah oh yeah i'm going back up to seattle dude and they said they might pay for a travel and in my hotel room, so I'm just like, oh, wow, yeah. I'm so honored. Yeah, just like, <laughs> pocket that hotel room money and hang out here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, I, I set a goal for myself that by the time I was 28, I wanted to have a paid speaking opportunity. So I guess this is like a good start to that goal. Yeah. Now it's like, you know, trying to maybe make a profit, right? <laughs> there you go. It's, I mean, that's what we're doing. I mean, we... We, I, I like did the the full like football sack celebration, like when uh, when I found out that that we had made five dollars from the podcast, like I ran the full width. Dude, of... <laughs> seriously, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, but yeah, that's, like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? so like it's the same sort of thing. It's like I remember when I got my first paycheck for writing. It was like that same sort of feeling, and I, it's awesome that you're that you're that you're getting that. Yeah, it definitely it, it feels nice, but I also realize that um, I have a big responsibility, so <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> keep humble uh, you, wait, a little bit, a little bit. Bring it back down. You're like, I know. Hang I'm on. Like, hang <laughs> on. I, I got if I can be serious for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's great. And so you also, I mean, you I remember you you just you just got back from uh, Idaho uh, working with uh, the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Uh, what what were you doing out there? So out there they. Um, obviously because we put in dams that blocks the passage of um, salmon species back to their natal streams for spawning. So because some of these salmon go from the ocean, um, sometimes back as far as to Montana, when they pass from Idaho to Montana, we have to check them for certain diseases. Gotcha. One of those, disease, one of those diseases is pancreatic necrosis virus. Now, the problem is, is that some of these species passing through these um, dams are endangered. So generally, when you sample a fish population, you do it by taking a lethal sample, such as like something from the, like the pancreas or their their liver or their spleen or their kidney, which their, all requires the fish to be dead. Right. Their, right? Their, fish, their fish guts. Right. But so you, you don't want to kill an endangered fish. <laughs> That's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to have a way of like figuring out what diseases this fish carries but without actually killing the fish. So if you're working for the government, though, you can do whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> the government is accountable despite the, despite what our orange overload is. <laughs> <laughs> they will be held accountable. 
Fair and <laughs> fair I mean, enough. Probably not, but I like to think so. You know, <laughs> in a per, in, in, there's a universe that exists where they, where it is. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We're just not that lucky to be in it. But um, no. But basically, I developed a way to look for these for, for a specific pathogen without having to kill the fish. We used um, mucus gill samples. Oh. So yeah. That's and so was is that was that a new thing that you guys had discovered or, or was it uh, like were you testing something out or, or anything like that? So so um, that's the virus obviously has been around for quite a while. It's more prevalent on the east coast, um, and it's very very deadly. Um, it can knock out hatchery like fish populations and hatcheries in a matter of you know weeks. Um, yeah, and they have like thousands upon thousands of fish like <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of dead fish right um <clears throat> but i came up with two ways to detect it one of the ways i detected it was using um, pcr which is just genetic material that you amplify and if you're able to amplify it then you're able to visualize it if you visualize it that means it's there um <clears throat> so um this process had already kind of been done in, um, in different systems, but nothing specific for the way that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife collects their data. Mm. So using their data collection methods and this wild and also wild fish sampling. So generally, when they you know look for uh, diseases in fish and try to develop uh, assays to detect them, it's usually fish that they have in a controlled setting and they infect them somehow. And obviously, when you try to replicate life and force an infection upon a fish, you can get weird results. So one of the benefits of testing wild fish populations, you can actually um, get an understanding of what normal disease levels look like Mm -hmm. and what effect that has on the population. Like a fish can be only be be or have a very small titer of a virus and it can be deadly, right? But in the lab setting, you don't know if that virus will be uh, bioavailable to infect the fish in that in that quantity. It's it, so we could, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of like observed and unobserved physics, where it's like things will act differently whether or not you're looking at them. Like that's, that's... exactly yeah, pretty much yeah. And, and, that's and, that, so... and that's the battle with biology. You try to control every single thing, but you can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how, how are you supposed to control like something that's a natural occurrence? You're like, okay, now get sick, fish. It's like, no, I don't want to, though. <laughs> right, yeah, you're, yeah, exactly, because you're never going to be able to... Um, uh, what am I trying to say? I am blanking out right now. You're never, never going to be able to figure out like what exactly is in that water, you know? And that's one of the one of the issues that they have with, um, say, for example, a, a species called burbot. Um, apparently, they're really picky about their water supply and their water source, and as a result, they don't breed very well. And unfortunately, we have managed to kill a lot of the natural population. But a um, a fish lab in Idaho, I think it's associated with the University of Idaho, and in partnership with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, they actually are able to breed burbot. Nice. So they're they're starting yeah. to, to make a comeback with that fish. I yeah, I think there's again there's still hatchery fish, but like they figured out how how to actually breed them, which is again really cool. Um, I got to work with lamprey, which are these really weird jawless jawless fish. Oh right. And they're a lot. Yeah, and they're a lot like salmon in the fact that they are born in usually freshwater streams and they migrate back to the ocean. 
and then when they become mature, they come back to these natal streams to spawn. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, lamprey don't climb fish ladders. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> I, I mean, they, they look like river Twinkies, black river Twinkies, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like just all muscle. But yeah, so uh, one of the things they do is they collect lamprey from the Columbia River Gorge, um, vaccinate them, and then put them back into natal waters. Gotcha. And they and they're still trying to figure out again like what chemical signals are in the water that allow these j- jawless fish that just essentially look like long muscular worms in the water <laughs> to be able like to come back because like you don't think like you like where's its brain? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does it know to do this? And it's it's it's, it's amazing. It's, yeah, there's a lot we don't know about about life itself. So my, I guess, I guess, and maybe, maybe there's a chance that I was so enthralled with this conversation that I miss it. But how, how did you transition in in either direction from um, deafness to <laughs> fish? Like whether the ears or the fish came first, I don't like the timeline isn't isn't the question. It's just like how how do you find yourself so so like prolifically intrigued with with deafness and you go and you find this this you research this protein that could you know that that steps could be made to help in that range and then turn around and be like you know what i want to study next uh fish and i'm going to go to idaho and i'm going to figure out how to save these fish like how do those things become connected in nicole's world so you know, try to hold on to your seats here because if you want to, want to step in my world, it's gonna get a little crazy. Hold on okay. to your butts. Hold on to Exactly. Um, no, but actually, it it came um, it came about from a field trip. Um, <laughs> being involved with OSU Sackness, we took a trip down to Ashland, Oregon, where we got to tour the one and only forensics lab for crimes against animals. Only one in the world. So any so anytime there's like a horrific poaching, anytime they um, confiscate um, what is it like uh, things like ivory, oh, like okay. Ill- okay. illegal trade items, they're generally sent to that facility in Ashland. They also like um, solve forensic I guess forensic type crimes against animals. So it's like CSI so, the zoo. No, no, exactly. Yeah, they. I mean, they, <laughs> we got to tour. Um, we their, got genetics, you their genetics lab, their necropsy lab, their intake, which includes and um, one of those X-ray scanners, like if you have in the airport for your luggage. Mm-hmm. They scan every package that comes in through there because apparently um, the director Ken Goddard, he um, was in Russia investigating illegal caviar trading, and uh, he made some enemies with the Russian mob. Oh, <laughs> So like yeah, and they threatened him one time, and so I guess now everything that comes through there is scanned, and if it looks suspicious, police is, police are called. <laughs> wow, that's that's like the opposite yeah. of our president. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we I love how we never get political. <laughs> but yeah, but no. Anyway, we got to tour that facility, and on our tour down there, we got to interact with Brian Lawler, who was a recruiter for for Oregon and a few other states in the in the region. And um, he was telling us about these programs. He's like, oh yeah, you you kind of get to get involved in 
I was interested in like, I don't know, just working with fish or wildlife in general, because my thought process was if I'm going to spend five years earning a PhD, I'm going to do whatever I want. And since I like being outdoors, I don't care. I don't care if it's fish or reptiles or (laughs) mammals. I just wanted to be studying something outside and be able to combine field work and bench work. We, we draw the line at snakes, though, right? We wouldn't study snakes. I mean, she, Why? she, she might. Alex would. No, no. You can't, you can't like snakes. Do snakes give you the heebie-jeebies? Oh, <laughs> the heebie-jeebies <laughs> are, like, the most understated understatement of all time for what snakes really? do to one-third of this current podcast. <laughs> which, okay. which is funny because I, like, I, I love snakes, actually. I, like... I've been called snake for most of my life. Shout out my dad. I can tell you that when we, when we, when we open up the Red Arrow headquarters, you're not having a pet snake. Bet I do. Bet you don't. I 100% bet, bet you I you do. Don't. No way. Ugh. Uh, fine. You bring snakes into it. Suddenly. What about like, earthworms? Those are different. Like, they can't kill me. <laughs> well, not every snake's gonna kill you. That's that's. A you killer. don't. You can't prove that. There's no way you. Yes, can I can. <laughs> oh, it's impossible because I won't get close enough to a snake for you to prove it won't kill me. Yeah. <laughs> right, if you give the enough. snake a knife, it'll. It's got Alex. He's just. Dude, he <laughs> could like curl around the handle with its body that is also its tail and also its body, and then come at me. Come at me. I ain't having it. So this this reminds me of a time I almost drowned. He's like having a mini breakdown here, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be fine. <laughs> this reminds me of a time Not I okay. almost drowned. So I I'm like dying, and, and the only thing I can think of. You saw the bright light. Yeah, I did. It was scary. Um, but I, all I can think of in this moment is like, you know what would suck is if I got bit by a spider while I was down here because that always <laughs> happens to me. <laughs> And then I started thinking Okay, that's about... that's not that's not funny. That's I'm scared of spiders. Spiders are the other thing. There's <laughs> snakes and spiders and neither should exist on the face of this planet. Okay, so you know what the stuff that's truly made of nightmares is? They're called whip scorpions. Yes, those things are uh... What? Those are freaky. Like as if like I wasn't terrified enough of spiders and hated the sight of a scorpion. Now there's these fuckers. Yeah, Hold on. <laughs> Do I have to Google what you're talking about right yeah, now? Because I've heard probably. of this. You, no, don't. If you're afraid of spiders, I'm telling you, Alex. Do it. Do it. No, it's don't too late it. now. Do it. Google is up. Do it. What'd do you it. say? Whip? Whip? Whip scorpion. Scorpion. It's, it's number two on the Google. Like, if you type in whip space S, it's number two. The first one is whip stat, which I think is baseball. But yeah. whip scorpion. I'm going image search on this. I'm going to look at it. And then I'm going to go, ah! Right? This They're terrible. Exist. They made this. Up. This is like a. This is worse than like the it's Xenomorph a, from the Alien franchise. Experiment. Are you it's kidding like, me? It's the same people who made the Africanized honeybees. Like those. <laughs> what is this? With them. <laughs> There's a picture of a guy that has one on his face. I don't know if you no, guys knew stop. this. There's a dude stop. with a guy on his face. No, no, thank you. Dude. I'm going to tweet this picture out at the end of the show so everybody knows that this is what a whip scorpion is. looks like on your face. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Alex does not like it. Dude, this ain't... Okay, we can go back to, like, science and, like, cool talk. (laughs) But I I want both of you and the listener to know that I am absolutely traumatized and will have nightmares for multiple nights because of yeah, this. Yeah, no, you will. Every time something like slightly touches your skin, no, this it's not okay. 
I was no, just kidding. I'm out. That's not. You, you know what you need to do is go out, purchase one of those, like, sleeping bags you can just completely zip up. Yes. And that's safe space. I need like, to be... I'm, I'm, not, not, you in there. No, I'm about no. to become, like, the bubble boy. Like, I'm going to... Exactly. Myself. You have to protect yourself. <sighs> it's like boxing. You, you have, must like, protect a scientific, yourself at all times. Do you have, like, a scientific <laughs> remedy to make sure that that never occurs in my life? Like, whip scorpion ever. Like, is there, like, a... a scientific cool... remedy? Yeah, like, do you have, like, a cool protein I can spread around the, Are you like, for layout oil? of my house? Yes! If it'll get rid of whip scorpions and also spiders and also snakes, I, yeah, I'll, I'll buy anything. <laughs> I'll buy anything. You got me. Well, no, so, I hate spiders. You also know that they kind of help with the insect population. Yeah. Right? I, and like, I will you handle, handle, like, you don't want gnats and flies running wild. Dude, I will, I <laughs> will handle flies enough. before a tarantula, 100%. You're, luckily, you live, I, actually, I don't know, where do you live? Do you live in the Amazon somewhere? <laughs> Amazon <laughs> Basin. You know, like if you live in the Amazon basin, you might have to work. However, I live in the I Amazon. I, mean, I, I would just like stay away from Australia and New Zealand. I believe that's where they are. I mean, that's just generally a good idea. Yeah, everybody talks about how they want to go visit Sydney for like a vacation, honeymoon. Do you but, know that the majority like, of the damn species here. in the world are all located in Australia? Yeah, like I'm like, who's trying to go <laughs> to the place? I mean, it goes back yeah. to I mean that's why the that's why the British sent all the prisoners there because they figured they would just die anyway. I've seen it. Yeah, a, I and if you keep trying to swim away, a great white's gonna get you. I mean, you're, you're screwed. When I saw when I saw the picture of like the anaconda inside a Seven Eleven equivalent in Australia, I was like, never going to that entire continent. <laughs> you, good for will, you because the country is a continent. So I will take. I will take, like, Antarctica over Australia 100% of every day of the week. Well, I mean, Antarctica's awesome. I mean, it's 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 Antarctica. I mean... Snake free. That's what... It's snake and spider free. That's the important part. So, Antarctica's really cool, but it's also kind of sad. It's actually really cold. With, well, with global warming... You're not listening to my rant. Yes, I am. Oh, sorry. Rant. Rant. <laughs> sorry. We're sorry for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so tell us about Antarctica science. Oh no, I was saying Nerd. because of global warming, the ice melting. They're like scientists are actually able to discover new species, like species that have been previously frozen in ice, which is interesting but also sad. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's kind of cool, but at the same time you're like, do we at really, what cost? Like, do okay, we at really what cost? We want well, science. we know the cost, actually. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Do Do we really need to know about species that don't exist anymore? I mean... <laughs> They're just trying to show us our fate. They're trying to figure out if we can reanimate things. Right? They're like, <laughs> Somehow we can save ourselves. Plankton, bro. They've, they've never existed in our lifetime, but we found them. Found them. It's cool. It's awesome. So, yeah. so after that digression... Yeah. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> Sorry about all of that. We brought up whip scorpions, and I panicked. <laughs> That, that, As you should. <laughs> so what's what's next? Like what what are you doing once once you become Doctor Hams, which would, is a great name for a cartoon character. That's a comic book title. We've already copyrighted it. You can't have it anymore, Nicole. Yeah, Doctor Hams. That's one of our that's our character now. Sorry. Yeah, that happened. It's, so, it's ours. But I'm gonna let you guys guess. So I, I went from being a biophysicist mm -hmm. to then interested in studying salmon. I'm gonna let you guess what my next step is. Like, I'm... Rip scorpions. You have to <laughs> no. your head on. 
Yes, I'm going to go study amphibians. <laughs> no, uh, well, are you really though? Wait, yeah. No, is that a I, it'd be cool if I did. That'd be really cool. Wait, are, you going, um, are you going to like NASA or some shit? Like, Star- no, I actually start my own business. Really? What are you doing? Um, so before I go into that, I want to go into why I want to start my own business because it means a lot to me. All right. Okay. Okay. So like, it goes back to me finding my voice, and um, <clears throat> I would like to be able to financially support other students who need that type of help at OSU. Mm-hmm. Like by doing things like setting up endowments, making oh. sure is that making sure that clubs that celebrate diversity diversity, such as OSU Sackness, OSU Manners, the Corvallis Albany NAACP, that they have funds that they know they're going to get year after year. And so in doing so, my business model is for every dollar, every dollar profit that I make, a certain percentage will be donated back to these organizations in an effort to help set up these these endowments. So basically, what I want to do is open some type of cannabis-friendly coffee house in Corvallis. Mm -hmm. Cannabis-friendly coffee house. So you'd be, it'd be the the brown bean and the green leaf, essentially. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, but in doing so, what we would like to, we would like to do is have some type of stage area to have for performances, um, me- private meeting rooms in the back. Of course, there's going to be a dispensary located there, and the ability to freely smoke. Wow, so is, um, is that something? I mean, the, the the legality of that, especially with Corvallis, seems interesting. Yeah, so I've actually uh, talked to a, cal- a city councilman and the economic developer for the city about this. And they're both referring me to the OLCC. And, like, looking at the, yeah. the have laws. Have fun with that. Uh, I have a connection. Don't you worry. Oh, good. <laughs> no, then, then 100% you're better off than anyone else who's ever tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's my thing is I'm hoping to gather community support, right? And so if it is, in fact, illegal, we might be able to get the community support to, you know, figure out what we need to do to change, to change this. Because it is a topic that needs to be discussed. And it would also be interesting to, you know, partner with the local hospital to give out educational courses about the benefits and the pros and cons. And to be able to to also interact with the police department, you know, and offering classes about how to talk to your kids about usage, Mm -hmm. you know, when you might be overusing. But again, providing this community education so it's more than just somewhere to go to get high and hang out with your friends, like... It's so, just it's a community center. Um, so being so this this is random this is kind of randomly anecdotal and I'm aware of that. But my my parents, while I grew up for a period of my life, they owned uh, like a bar, like a pub, and also a connected like restaurant, right? Because in order to qualify for OLCC liquor licenses, your your business has to serve like have a full menu of food and stuff like that. So my question is. Would you be in in kind of the context of what you're talking about this this cannabis friendly coffee house? Would you be principally okay if they came to you and said you could have one building, but there has to be like a clear separation where you go to left side of building dispensary, free place to smoke, but then you have to exit that side and then re-enter on the right side to get your coffee, 
hit the Wi-Fi, you know, Starbucks it up kind of thing. Like, is that is would you consider that kind of a reasonable compromise in the grand scheme of things? In the grand scheme of things, yes, um, okay. especially if there's leniency in. You know, if the area we can freely smoke maybe has a few lounge chairs or something. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Be, at least be comfortable, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says you can't. I mean, yeah, it's a little inconvenient, but at the same time, if it's also the first of its kind, you have to understand that there ha- there's going to be stringency somewhere, and eventually right. the laws will loosen, but someone has to make that first step. Right, 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 right. And I mean, it might as well be you. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a I think it's a really interesting interesting idea uh, and especially you know you talk about the the education because I mean there is there is a lot of misconception there's a lot of I, I think it's on both sides whether it, you're you're pro or, or anti marijuana I mean I think both sides kind of operate on certain preconceived notions and uh, mm-hmm. and I think that you know having a, a place where it's you know it's not taboo to, to talk about it or you know because I, I feel especially uh, especially you know with with Oregon you know from from what I've heard it's it's you know it still feels like a drug deal when you go in there uh, it, it's uh, yeah because yeah everything's like so stuffy and places they do their <laughs> yeah. best to make it as comfortable as they can but again yeah it's like a dude behind a counter and saying, you know what do you want? Yeah. And you know, it's so not really all cash, personal. huh? Yeah, then yeah. the all cash, all cash. You walk in there with you got a couple hundred bucks. You're like, um, <laughs> okay, so yeah. you got the stuff because I mean, I got the money. If you got the stuff, <laughs> you walk in there. Yeah. I would like to buy a kitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the pet store, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. That's. I mean, that's what you could call it. Call it the pet I'm store. I'm going to the. Yeah. I'm going to the bakery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bake, hurry. Uh, huh? Yeah, it's a little forced. Uh, uh, but uh, that's, that's, well. you know. All right, well, all right. Have a good night, guys. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> if my puns aren't being accepted, I'm out. As my mother says, her mother would say, "Don't go away, mad. Just go just away." Go away. <laughs> you know, you've, you've tried to say that to me, but I, I, I just keep sticking around and ripping on you, and you. But uh, hey, you know, Nicole, th- thank you very much for, for coming on, uh, talking about some science stuff. Um, in in the words of, of one Jesse Pinkman, yeah, science, bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's the actual quote, but that's what the internet has made it now. Um, okay, close enough. Yeah. The internet's never wrong. <laughs> exactly. You know, and if they are, they'll prove themselves. Scientific right fact. <laughs> But anyway, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. This is this has been uh, a lot of fun and uh, the second in our interesting people interviews. So so thank you for for coming. Don't on. don't back out now, Jake. It's our interesting dudes interviews. We're we're interviewing interesting dudes. Oh, all right. You said it. All don't right. back I, out now. I, I I said it as a joke, but I mean, if we're gonna stick to it, I mean, just, <laughs> just, I think you should stick to it. All right, you're an interesting I'm dude. This. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you, though, for real. Mom, for I'm gonna be something. <laughs> that dude, that it, it, it was great to talk to you. Um, I good luck in the business, the the paid speaking gigs. Um, hopefully, we all cure deafness and save the salmon. Like you know that that's the hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, hey, all right. Thank all you of... so much for having me, you guys. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. You know, but uh, you're you're now officially a friend of the show. Friend of the oh, show. Man. That means so, I have to come back at some point. At some point, yes, and at that you point do. you'll have entrance music. But oh, hey, speaking of, All right. as our special <laughs> guest, I'm gonna let you pick our, our intro music today. Yeah. What 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 do you want to listen to to start the show? 
Um. Bill Nye the Science Guy. No, Bill, 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 Bill. Sorry. I think I will pick my favorite song right now. Okay. It's called Legend by G Herbo. G Herbo. All right, that's uh, that's gonna that's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's it is. There it is. All right. All right. Well, let's. Hey, Alex, let's kick this thing on home. Uh, hey, you guys, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Remember to hit us up on social media. You know where to, you know where it is. Uh, check out the mm-hmm. links for uh, Nicole's article that or the article about Nicole uh, that'll that'll be on uh, our Facebook as well as on the Podbean site that you're looking at right now. So and, follow and me the, on LinkedIn and Twitter. Follow her on LinkedIn, LinkedIn and Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Twitter. Yeah, go hit it. Hammy Jams. I Ham- think you gave me that nickname. I dude. did give you that nickname. Hammy Jams. Is it Hammy Jams or Hammy Jams ninety one? Let me check. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I, 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 <laughs> Twitter's really important to her listeners. She knows her type. She knows her handle. She gets it. It's just Hammy Jams. Just Hammy okay. Jams. Hammy Jams. Awesome. Hit her up. Um, also check out. Just Nicole Hams with OSU. Okay. Check out the uh, the picture of the whip scorpion I'll be posting because that's scary. <laughs> Don't do shit. it. It's a trap. It's a trap. Oh. Uh, well, hey. Good night, universe. That's a podcast.